Do you want to know how to get into Washington University School of Medicine? Are you wondering what med ed is like at WashU? How can you get into this top-ranked program? Well, tune in. Today, you're going to hear from its Associate Dean for Admissions and Student Affairs. Welcome to Admission Straight Talk, the podcast dedicated to graduate admissions and helping you approach the application process thoughtfully and successfully. Your host is Accepted's founder and world-renowned admissions guru, Linda Abraham. At Accepted, our mission is to get you to that unforgettable moment when you read your acceptance email and shout, yes, I'm in, confident you'll be attending the perfect program to help you launch the career of your dreams. Welcome to the 485th episode of Admission Straight Talk. Thanks for joining me today. Are you ready to apply to your dream medical schools? Are you competitive at your target programs? Accept as med school admissions quiz can give you a quick reality check. Just go to accepted.com slash med quiz, complete the quiz, and you not only get an assessment, but tips on how to improve your chances of acceptance. Plus, it's all free. Again, use the calculator at accepted.com slash med quiz to obtain your free assessment. Today's guest, Dr. Valerie Ratz, earned her MD at Johns Hopkins, where she also did her residency in obstetrics and gynecology and a fellowship in reproductive endocrinology. She joined the Washington University faculty in 1994 and currently serves as Associate Dean for Admissions and a Professor of Obstetrics and Gynecology at Washington University School of Medicine. Dean Ratz, welcome to Admission Straight Talk. I should say welcome back to Admission Straight Talk. You're not a first-time guest here anymore. No, it's wonderful to be back. Thank you so much. And I'm delighted to speak with you today. Now, can you give us, I always start with this, can you give us an overview of the Wash U School of Medicine program focusing on its more distinctive elements? For listeners who maybe didn't listen to the podcast a couple of years ago. Well, actually, our curriculum has changed since I last spoke to you. And it's something that we've been developing. We're very excited about it. It's called the Gateway Curriculum. And so what we're doing in our Gateway Curriculum, we're we're reimagining how we should best be educating medical students for the future. And that's that's what we're doing. So it basically is three phases, uh, phase one, phase two, phase three. In phase one, what we concentrate on are the fundamentals, foundational modules in medicine, but all the time we're integrating during that, the, the, when you're getting basic science courses, uh, we're integrating clinical problems, integrating social sciences and health equity and justice all of those types of things during the phase one. And then what happens, uh, we also have what are called clinical immersions during that period of time where students get to go for three weeks, three times during the phase one period of um, their curriculum where they go into the clinical spaces and they go into the inpatient, outpatient and peri-procedural spaces. And the goal at that point is not to be the physician per se. Yes, you get some clinical skills. Yes, you see how the the different units work and things like that. But the goal is to get perspective of how all the other healthcare providers in that space, including social workers, nurses, pharmacists, work within that space, even the patient's perspective. Because we think that medical students at that point in their education haven't quite learned all the bad habits sometimes that physicians get. And so they have a very unique perspective. And so what we have is we have small group sessions where the medical students will meet with other medical students and uh, their professors 
and talk about the things that they observed in those spaces, good and bad. And the thought is that when they become the physician truly down the road, they can reflect upon that period of time and it will make them a better doctor, hopefully in the future. So that's one of the things that we're doing in, in phase one, getting them very quickly into the clinical spaces and using that unique perspective that an early medical student has. Then what happens is we have what's called phase two. And basically in phase two, this is gateway to clinical medicine. And basically what this is, is where the students rotate through basically the six big specialties in medicine, OBGYN, medicine, surgery, neurology, pediatric psychiatry. This is required of all medical schools that you rotate mm -hmm. through these, these clinical services. You know, you're basically trying on all the hats to learn what, what type of medicine that you really enjoy. What we do uniquely in, uh, in this phase of the curriculum is we have the clerkships start with what are called uh, bookends. And at the beginning, what we do is we review foundational modules and science that we first taught in phase one that is applicable to the clerkship that you're going to be engaged in. So we are reviewing that medicine to help you remember it, understand it, and to be better able to apply it. This is this helical uh, learning uh, that we've been integrated into our curriculum. So that seems to work really well. Then the students go and they engage for a period of about six weeks. And then at the end of that clerkship, they have a, a one-week period of time called ARC for assessment, review, looking at the sort of clinically and also being able to engage in sort of some of some in, uh, community engagement type of activities that relate to the clinical experiences that they just had. So we think that phase two is working out really well. Students are very excited about it. They're learning medicine and seeing it applied. Yeah. Then what happens was they then you're about halfway, a little over halfway through the four years of medical school when you finish phase two. And now you go into phase three. And this is called gateway to specialization. The whole curriculum is we call it the gateway curriculum. Yeah. So phase three is gateway to specialization. So what you've done at this point is you've tried on all the hats. You have this foundational knowledge. You have an idea of what you're, you're, you're going to be interested in. And we use the remainder of phase three to sort of do activities that will help you get ready for residency. So specializing in the area of medicine that you're truly interested in. Yes, there are a few required activities. There's an internal medicine sub-internship, and there are some advanced clinical rotations that you get to choose. Um, you get to choose what you want to do. You know, if you were thinking about going into surgery, maybe you do an advanced clinical rotation or two in surgery, but you might, so, might also consider doing anesthesiology. Remember that those physicians, are, you're working with them um, very, very closely. And so having that knowledge, again, will help you when you're in residency. In addition, during phase three, there's ample time to do lots of elective work. So this is where we anticipate our students doing most of their research time. And now what they're doing is they're doing research in the area of medicine that they're going to go into. Right. And so they'll do research when they go off into their residency interviews, they'll be able to talk about their research and the, the physicians who are interviewing them will be very interested in their topics and they'll be very knowledgeable and it, it really enhances our students as they prepare for the next step. Um, you can, there are some away rotations, there's some reading rotations, there's all sorts of activities like that preparing for your next step of residency.
Fascinating. Yeah. And I like the do double helix. Uh, yeah, the metaphor. helical learning. We're turning to things. And there's a lot of educational science that says with helical learning, if you're learning in this way, that you'll remember the material better. And there's so much to remember in medical school. Yeah. We need to do every use every tip and trick that we have to help. For sure. Could you give us an idea of like how long each phase lasts or what, what portion of the four years is used by each phase? Right. So phase one is about 16 months. Okay. And that's where you do the, the seven foundational modules. You do the three, three-week rotations through the inpatient, outpatient, and periprocedural area. And there's also a one month period of time where you do what's called explore. And we can and talk about that in just a second. So that's phase one, 16 months. And then basically phase two is 12 months. And then the remainder period of time for four years is in phase three. So at the end. Great. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. That is a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're piling in a lot. And it's basically, we're, we, you know, we've always been a very flexible medical school in terms of um, what we, how we educate our students. We, we take this stance that our goal, we have very bright, motivated, enthusiastic medical students. And our job is to give them the resources, the experiences, the exposures, and the knowledge so that they can go on and do what they want to do in medicine. And so that's what we're trying to do with this new gateway curriculum. Fascinating. I mean, many medical schools have moved clinical exposure much earlier into the medical education. That's been a, a trend, I think, over the last probably 15, 20 years from the two years didactic, two years clinical. But the, the way that you're mixing it up really throughout is, uh, is fascinating. Yeah, we're, we're very excited about it. The other thing that we've added is also part of the curriculum called Explore. And Explore is this concept that we think there are these four big areas of me in medicine. You know, you pick your specialty, but yeah. then there's also your passion in medicine. And the passions that we think we do really well in are research, education, advocacy, and inquiry innovation. So I always say these aren't pathways. You're not, you're not, you don't, you're not slotted into a pathway and that's all you can do. These are areas that you can develop in terms of passions. And our students typically will do many times more than one, one passion. And of course they would, they would be applicable in any specialty. Correct. Right. So advocacy can be applied in any specialty in medicine, as can research, inquiry, innovation, and then education. We, we always want to make sure oh, yeah. we don't forget that piece of the puzzle. Education right. is key. We have to keep educating, educating our residents, our medical students, you know, fellows, attendings. I still educate myself. You know, medicine is just exploding forward and we have to keep up with the change. And that's one of the things the gateway curriculum, I think that we've really emphasized is we can't teach you absolutely everything you're going to need to know right here and now. We don't medicine even know is it. going to change. Medical, medical professors don't necessarily know what they're going to need in 20 years. Correct. You know, education is uh, expanding. The knowledge is expanding. Yes. Now I noticed in preparing for the call that there's a strong advising and coaching element to WashU's medical program. Can you touch on that? Yes. Thanks for asking about it. That is one of the things that we added to the curriculum that we're truly very excited about. Um, our coaching program is such that when our medical students step onto campus, the 
first day of medical school, they are assigned a faculty coach. And this faculty coach is someone who has been educated and trained to know exactly what some of the issues that first year medical students will encounter. Everybody who goes to medical school encounters a few bumps in the road. That's just the way medical school is. That's the way medicine is. And one of the things that we have to do is we have to help train you to how to navigate those sorts of issues. And so we've, we've utilized our coaching program. So you're assigned a coach and there's a small group of other medical students also assigned to that coach. And you get together at regular intervals to address some of the issues going on in medical school, whether it's just in the phase one when you're learning all this material or in phase two when you begin to encounter you know, some difficult, difficult problems that might arise. The first time you see a patient death, um, you know, someone very sick, the f- sometimes, you know, sometimes there's happy things, you know, first birth, right? Those sorts of things too. But these are very emotional sorts of times. And we're there to help our physicians grow emotionally too, to handle the rigors of medicine. And so that that program we think is has been very, very helpful. And that coach stays with that medical student the entire four years of medical school. So it's a mentor that they will keep with them. Now, you know, it's interesting, that's only one mentor at our medical school. At our medical school, typically as students enter into the clinical phase and begin to pick what area of medicine they they like or enjoy, the other mentors in that specialty start to come out. So this is a very a friendly place. It really is. It's extremely collaborative because we know that's how we have to do medicine. It takes Mm -hmm. many minds together to solve problems. And so you have to learn to be collaborative and supportive. And that's the environment we we have created here. It starts with our dean, the top of the medical school, and just infiltrates through the entire medical school curriculum. And and I think our students feel it too. And that's a really important part of our medical school. Well, thank you for that. That is a fantastic introduction to WashU. Let's turn to the application. What is the WashU secondary like? And does WashU screen secondaries before they send them out? So typically what we do is we will send out a secondary application to all applicants who complete their AMCAS application. Okay. And our secondary, we're, we're uh, collecting a little bit more demographic information, some interests that the students might have so that we can help send back to them information that might be helpful to them. You know, when you're picking a medical school, you're looking for the school where you fit, right? You look at us, we look at you, and you're trying to find that fit because when you find the fit, you're going to flourish. And that's something we recognize. And so we try very hard to give lots of information about our school. And so that's part of our secondary is collecting that information on the applicant so that we can put them in touch with students, um, get them different websites, send them different information so that they're very knowledgeable of who we are too. The uh, secondary also has a few essays um, on it. You know, there's kind of standard essays in the sense that you know, tell me about a time when you've failed or been unsuccessful. I think that tells a a lot about an individual, how you handle difficulties, right? 
everybody handles has difficulties in their life and in medicine we we encounter difficulties and that resilience component that grit component is something that we truly look for um, the second essay is an essay where we ask about is there anything that we haven't you haven't told us about you that you think is important so we want to make sure we give you plenty of space to tell us uh, about you the applicant all right great what do you think is a a common mistake, and I don't mean typos, that applicants make in approaching the medical school application, be it the primary or the secondary? Well, I think typos are important. So I, okay. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I didn't mean to minimize them. I just didn't. <laughs> I think that that's, you know, and the reason is I think those are important because it shows a meticulousness that yeah. you need in medicine. So I, I always, I'm always make sure you have someone read through things. So I think that's very important. But I, I, to get to the, to your, your true question, I think that, you know, the, the, the application is about why you why one wants to go into medicine and what are the activities that have been most meaningful to you and i think that that's that's really important and i think the one thing that i think people make a mistake on in their personal essay is they just rehash all the things they've done you don't need to do that now be a little more creative in that that personal commentary than just rehashing the activities because I, I have all your activities, I have your experiences because you, you told me about them. So I think that, that's, that that's really very important. By creative, do you mean offbeat or do you mean more thoughtful? Do you I think mean thoughtful. Talking, talking more about motivation, lessons learned, in, influence, that kind of stuff? I think that's, I think you're absolutely um, getting to the things that I'm looking for is, is truly what is the motivation? And it's okay to tell me about what was the first time I decided I wanted to be a doctor. I think those are interesting stories. Th that motivation for medicine is very, very key and why it persisted. You know, if you, if one has done something else, the other thing I think that sometimes we have, you know, people that apply to medical school are incredibly talented. They oh, could yeah. do a Especially lot of different you. things, right? And so sometimes you see students doing all sorts of these different things and you're like, well, why, why, why are we going to med school? Sure. Right? So making sure that that comes across is um, incredibly, incredibly important. I also think that at WashU, we're always this sense of wanting to help people inside that that yeah. that need that that's something that's very important to us. Doctors take care of people in very difficult difficult times, and I think that that students, medical students need need to understand. Applicants need to understand that, and that's a really important part of of the story too. And then the creativity is really important. You know, creativity is great. You know, I love people that have done things outside of medicine. Don't think that everything you have to be to put on that application is all about medicine. No. I that kind of creativity is good. <laughs> yes. No, I think that's really good. Tell me about, you know, if you're an artist or you're a writer or you've done some unusual activity that makes you very, un those unique experiences are great. You know, our medical school class is not that big, 120 students. And so we're always looking to create a class of individuals who have unique experiences that that when you bring this class together, individuals grow from interacting with each other. That's a very important thing to consider. Great answer. Now, 
I'm kind of hearing two things. And I'm wondering, are they complementary? Are they in conflict? On one hand, you want to see people who have this drive to help people, mm-hmm. right? That's really important. And Lord knows it's, it's as uh, from the patient's perspective, it's critical. The last thing you want to feel like is a, a, a body part, you know, or, you know, whatever, a problem. At the same time, you're saying you want people with diverse experiences. So is that like, and, and, you know, you say that if I, you have a bunch of different experiences, why medicine? But you want them to have a bunch of different experiences. So can you maybe reconcile yeah, that? How can me? I reconcile that? So I think that having lots of different experiences allows you to be a, a complete person, I think. And that you're, as that complete person, you are applying that knowledge set and that desire to help others um, by, by going into medicine. So you're right. It, that's ex- you're getting right at the, the, the thing that we're looking for. We're looking for individuals that have done these different things. But at the end of the day, in, that, in those essays, in that application, it's very clear cut that medicine is how they're going to apply themselves and that they have a passion for it. And there are different areas in medicine, right? Mm-hmm. Just like I said, there's the people who do great research. That's pretty creative too, right? You have to be creative and look at things in different ways to do research, to do inquiry innovation. You know, even education takes creativity. Maybe there's some better ways that we should be educating, right? Teaching, teaching these concepts. And then the whole thing with advocacy too. You know, we need to be thinking, you know, just because we've always done it one way doesn't mean maybe there's a better way. Maybe we need that creativity there to help us do do it in a better way. And so I, I think that's what I'm always looking for too. That's a great answer. Thank you very much for reconciling that. And if talking about creativity and education, look at the creativity that uh, WashU has brought to bear in terms of its, its new its gateway curriculum. What is the virtual interview day uh, like at, at WashU? It looks pretty packed from what I saw. Yeah, online. well, we have a lot to show our applicants. And so we... Uh, um, we, you know, th- it's been a very interesting experience, you know, going virtual, right? We I saw, like this- we, we spoke two years ago. <laughs> it was just, when you were we, adjusting. It was yeah, two we years ago. It, it was August, 2020. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Times have changed. Yes. You know, I, if you, you would ask me at that t- a few months before that time, I would say, oh no, you can't, you can't do virtual interviews for medical school. But again, here's that concept. You have to be Creativity. creative. You have to think outside the box, right? right? And so we had like all many other medical schools across this country, we've had to think outside the box. And I think that we've learned that it's, it's actually a pretty good way to do interviewing. It breaks down barriers. You know, financial barriers to interview at medical school were were a problem. And we knew that. We just didn't know how to solve it. And I guess in some ways COVID solved it for us, which is not in a great way. But but you know, we learned something, right? We had mm-hmm. to we had to grow. We had to think creatively. And so the virtual interview experience has been uh, it's been great. So you get to you get to have we have two interviews with faculty members, Zoom and it, they work pretty well. One is the longer interview where the faculty member knows a little bit about you. They've read through your entire application. They have access to your entire application. Um, and they'll, at, they'll have a conversation, right? That's the goal. Yeah. That's how we do it. We like to have conversations to learn 
the applicant's motivation for medical school? And what are the, tell me the, the things that you've done that say, yes, this is your motivation for medical school. How have your experiences influenced that? And then there's an interview that's a much shorter interview, maybe 20, 25 minutes, which we call the closed file interview. And that interview is with, again, with a faculty member, but that faculty member knows nothing but your name and, and personal pronouns. And that's all they know about you. And so it's, it's getting to know an applicant through a different lens, with a different view, right? Mm -hmm. um, communication being really key, because uh, that's what physicians have to do is they have to communicate. Sure. That's our job. And so that's the, those are the two interviews that we do. We have a tour. We have a, a Say Hello Campus tour. And that's with a typically a senior medical student. And we have, you know, this on this tour, there's little pins on it. You know, it's a, a Zoom way we're doing it. And um, they go to different pins on the map and they, they open up and there's, you know, slideshows and videos and you can see different things. And so you're, you're kind of walk, walking around the campus and there's more than one applicant with that senior medical student. So there's, it's sort of like there's a little conversation going on. Um, real time. So it's as if it was a, a group, a small group touring. Small group. Yeah. So you can also see other medical students who are kind of doing the same thing as, as you might be as an applicant. So that works out really well. And then, you know, and then in that way, having a senior medical student do it, they also give their perspectives, right? Of what, what, you know, the things they encountered through medical school that, you know, great, lots of great things. You know, what were some of the difficult things and how did they manage them and navigate those? That's really important. We have a conversation with the financial aid office because we know that uh, affording medical school is something that is, is, is a, a tall order. And yeah. we have a very robust scholarship program here. So we, we talk to, to the applicants about that. And then we have a conversation with uh, admissions leadership where we kind of review the curriculum. We review um, how their day went, and and we open it up to any questions that they might have. And again, it's you know it's a Zoom call webinar, like, and, and multiple applicants are on on that webinar. The other thing that we add is we have every Wednesday evening we have what are called Why Wash You Wednesday webinars, whoa, whoa, whoa. and that's where we feature. <laughs> students, the different years, the phase one, phase two, phase three students, we feature students in different portions of explore, research, inquiry, innovation, education, advocacy. We feature community engagement, our health equity and justice thread within our program. We feature the medical school campus. We feature the city of St. Louis. There's a lot that goes on in St. Louis and our medical students actually really enjoy receiving their education in this city. And so we kind of feature what it's like to live in St. Louis. We talk about that. It's kind of a foodie city. You'd be surprised. Um, and we, they, they like to talk about restaurants and things like that. So helping the student understand, because obviously many of these students haven't ever necessarily set foot in the city of St. Louis and they're making decisions about that. So we try to give lots of information through those Why Wash You Wednesday webinars. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Okay. Now, just stepping back a minute, the stats for matriculating students at Wash U are way up there, right? 521 median MCAT, a 3.93 median GPA. My notes say that 20% of applicants are interviewed. I'm not sure that's correct. And that you accept about 10% of interviewees. 
that's what my notes say, at least per MSAR. I hope I got that right. But obviously you are very, WashU is very selective. What makes applicants jump off the screen or the page for you? Because it clearly can't be just about stats because- No, it's not just about, no, it's not. No, no, no. Um, And I would, I'd like to say that those, you know, we have students here that are very academically accomplished in terms of their metrics, but the range is quite wide. Okay, it is quite wide. And I always mm-hmm. like to point that out. The range is, is quite wide. We use the AAMC sort of directions of, of EAM, experiences, attributes, and metrics. And we do holistic review process where we're, we're combining what are those experiences? What are the attributes of the candidate? What are their metrics? And how can we consider them together to look at the students and figure out who we think will best align with our medical school? and contribute to the physician workforce in the future. We're trying to educate ap- academic physicians, who mm-hmm. physicians who will go out and, and do research, do inquiry innovation, educate and be advocates in their communities. So, you know, that's what we're looking for. So, and, and I'm sure everybody said there is no formula. There, it, there isn't. We take English majors who have done unbelievable things in terms of writing or they've done volunteer work. And then we have also these amazing scientists who've already written papers and have done unbelievable research. And then there are people that have just, you know, done sort of some unique things in their in their careers, whether they were a, an athlete, you know, played some sport, or they did a some type of volunteer activity or leadership activity. We're looking for those those individuals who will bring those unique experiences to our medical school. So there isn't, there isn't one type of student. We want someone who, who can communicate, communicate very well. I always say, what do physicians do? They, they take complex scientific information, they distill it down and they present it to a patient so that the patient can understand and ultimately make the decision that's right for them. So being that skill set is is a very important skill set that we're looking for. And then for people who are doers, they've done something, you know, they've accomplished something, they've accomplished a task, because I think if you've accomplished something in the past, you'll probably be able to accomplish something in the future. And then the final thing that I'm always looking for is that grit and resilience, that determination factor, you know, I've, you know, maybe something was tough in one's life. It's okay. And I, I, I overcame that and look at me now. And those things, we, we really love those things, those stories. Makes sense. Thank you again. That was a great answer. And now a word from accepted sponsor. There is enough to worry about when applying to medical school. Don't stress about how to request and submit your confidential letters of recommendation. Sign up for Interfolio for an easy way to gather and save your important academic materials for applications. Simply visit interfolio.com backslash accepted and use the code accepted22 for 10% off. That's interfolio.com backslash accepted for 10% off. And now back to the show. What makes for a great interview? Would it be the same qualities or is, is there something a little bit different than when you get to the interview stage? I think in interviews, I always think it's good to have your sort of your tell me about yourself that's a, every medical school will ask you that question. So be prepared for that question, right? And you don't want it to go on and on and on. You want it to be 60 seconds. So think about what are the important things that you wish in your 60 second or less 
elevator speech of who you are, frame yourself, right? Frame yourself for the interviewer to start to start the, um, the interview process. So I think that that's looking prepared, yeah. right? Is, yeah. is a good way to start. I think that it's very important in the interview process, whatever medical school you're at, you wanna let the interviewer know that you've done your homework. You've gone to their website. You've read about that medical school. You've looked and seen what you think are the unique aspects of that medical school and their philosophies and their mission and their vision statements, right? You know that stuff. Um, I think that that's really very important in the interview. Thank you very much. How do you view letters of intent or updates at any time during the process or correspondence from waitlisted applicants? Yeah, so Wash U, we're, we're, we are a medical school where we actually try to keep the communication open. That, that collaborative aspect that we do do that. I think to be honest, that letters of intent and communication sort of early in the application cycle are not necessarily particularly helpful because in our application cycle from July to maybe January, February, we're just trying to get through the applications and understand what our applicant pool looks like. Right. And then as you get more into end of January, February, March, that's when you're beginning to select those individuals you think that will best align and fit your medical school. Um, and I think that being honest, if, if you truly are interested in that medical school, I think a, a letter saying why is, is, or an email, we take emails and we, sure. um, they're helpful. Um, we're looking for people who, again, that fit thing that I just told at the beginning that I talked about, yeah. we're looking for individuals that feel that they would fit in our medical school too, that they feel this is the place they will flourish. So that's, that's important to us. Um, so we, you know, so what we keep that communicate line of communication open. And then the wait list is the same sort of process. We, we listen to students, you know, as you're, as they're navigating this, this process, it's hard. Yeah, you know, I say, I say to medical student applicants, you know, you start filling out those applications in April, May, and many times you don't know much until March and April. And sometimes the process really drags on through the beginning of the summer. It, that is not uncommon. Right. And it's so it's hard to kind of, you know, you want to say, you, you don't want to tell every medical school that this is the greatest school because that no, doesn't, not. that's not authentic. Don't do that. That'll, no. that'll work against you. Really be thoughtful about, about your, your emails and what you're saying. I think that the professionalism is key and important and being authentic. And in terms of the, the content of the emails, I mean, one of the factors that you just mentioned is that so much time can elapse. If somebody completes the um, secondary, let's say in August, and hasn't heard from you by January, and maybe they've had a publication or they've started a new clinical or you know, community service initiative, or they have they had some experience that clarified for them why WashU would be great or why medicine is, is, is the career for them. Would that, you know, that was not just wash you, but updates. We think that's very important. Okay. Many of our applicants are really doing lots of activities as they're applying to medical school. And those activities, especially during that 
point in their career or education are oftentimes very important for what their motivation for going to medical school. So I, I think those those types of correspondence um, and emails, I, I think they're they're very helpful. We we find them helpful, at least at WashU we do. And we look at them and we place them in the file. So that's, that's how great. we handle it. All right. When do you, I'll, I'll tell you why I asked this question, but when do you stop sending out interview invitations? We typically stop sending out invitations probably the end of January would be the okay, last great. one. Okay, great. The reason I ask is because there's this thing out there that if you don't have an interview invitation by Thanksgiving, you're toast. Not at WashU. Okay, That's and I have true. to tell you, every single medical school admissions director that I've asked has never given me Thanksgiving as the deadline or as, a, as the end date. So I don't know why this thing is out there, but I'm on a mission to, to get the information out. Yeah. That's, that's The process absolute. is already stressful enough. Oh yeah, no, I, I think that's absolutely not true. Not at our institution. I can okay. guarantee it as the okay. associate dean for admissions. We, we, we send out interview invites well after Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Okay. okay, great. How do you view applications from students who've taken some prerequisites at community college? You know, maybe they just went to their local community college for money reasons, for financial reasons. They then transferred to a four-year institution. Their grades are great, but some of those prereqs were at a community college. Yeah. So, you know, we, uh, we look at education, uh, we look at competency. That's even part of the gateway curriculum is all about being meeting competency requirements. And there's, there's different categories of things that we're looking for. So, you know, the way we look at prerequisites is the goal is that you are competent in those areas because we think you need to have that knowledge to be successful in medical school. It's not a, it's not a way to keep you out of medical school. It's a way to make sure that you have competency in those areas so that you will be successful and that you'll hit the ground running. So we take the stance that if you take it at, you take those classes at a community college, those prerequisites at a community college, that's fine. We will take AP credit, especially if it's been on a transcript, if you document that. Even online courses, we will, we will actually occasionally accept too. Now, the, the caveat to that is that if you take those types of classes and you, we also expect you then to have a, maybe do more rigorous classes in, in other, in the areas of biology. So you've, right. you've been able to take those prerequisites, but now you're gonna go and you're gonna take in some advanced courses. And then you're gonna do really fabulous in those advanced courses, which shows me your, your, your scholarship ability. So that's, that's something that we're always looking for too. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. How important to Wash U is shadowing and how do you view virtual shadowing? Yeah. So I think shadowing is important because you, you have to be able to ask the question, well, have you ever seen a physician work and what do you like about being a doctor? And I think it's hard to, to answer that question without having a little bit of real life experience with that. Um, I think that shadowing also many times shows the applicant that, you know, it's not all perfect. It's not a perfect world. It's not always lovely and things don't always go 
perfectly right or well, and that, you know, that there are stresses. So I think that shadowing shows you that, you know, the, the problems sometimes that we have with communicating with patients and the family members and the dynamics that go on in the settings that we're in, right? And um, so I think those, are th those observations are very, very helpful to applicants as they apply to medical school. But I, I wash you, and this is a very individual thing. I think different medical schools yeah. approach this question in very different ways. At Wash U, we're like, I think you need a little bit of clinical experience so you can answer that question. What have you observed, good and bad, about being a, in the healthcare space? And I, so I think that's helpful. I also think that it, you don't always have to shadow a physician. You learn a lot from shadowing others within the healthcare spaces. A, there's a lot of information to be gained and learned. So I, uh, you know, medicine is the spaces in which we work, physicians work, it, it, it takes multiple people working together to, to, to solve these complex medical issues and problems. And so I think that getting clinical experience, not necessarily always shadowing physician is, is, is helpful too. So don't, you know, that, that you can, yeah. you can see a lot that way and learn a lot that way. Oh, for sure. Do you, like if somebody, let's say somebody has a couple of years of EMT or scribing or perhaps medical assistant experience, do you still want to see shadowing or? I, I would think that to me, that's shadowing. Yeah. You're, you're obviously observing. Yeah. No, I think that's shadowing. Shadowing is you. It's not, it's not just, watched. in other words, it's not a box to check. It's an experience to have. It's to a perspective have. to acquire, right? Yeah, okay. I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not, yeah. But if you, if you take the stance that you're checking boxes when you're doing the medical school application, that is not the right way to approach, approach this process. Really. It's mm. what, tell me about the experiences that you've had and why that motivates you to, to go into medicine and how are you going to change the world in medicine with, with those experiences, right? I like the, those bright eyed sort of thoughts of like, these, these are the things, the enthusiastic things that those applicants are going to do with medicine to make the world a better place. All right. Sounds good. And virtual shadowing. Um, virtual shadowing. I think, you know, I, I think that's fine. Again, um, it, Maybe it, don't it also stop depends with it. on the experience, right? And yeah. that's part of the COVID thing, right? And that's right. what we, we recognize. We recognize that COVID made it kind of hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to understand that. Everybody's kind of in the same, has had the same sort of experiences. And so, you know, whether they worked on, the other things are like working on crisis hotlines, communicating with patients in that way, being the EMT, those, those things are helpful. Um, vaccine volunteers, right? Mm -hmm. Helping distribute vaccines, you know, being the person that just navigates within the hospital or directs people where to go. You learn a lot in the healthcare space in that way too. So there are many different, different ways do. to get this experience. Here's a listener question that I thought was fantastic. I've used it on several interviews. Now you were once a medical student. If you were a medical pre-med student today, traditional or otherwise, planning to apply in 2023 or 2024, so you're planning ahead, we're not talking about this cycle, what is one thing you would be doing to prepare yourself for medical school? It, I, one thing, that is such a hard you, question to give me. You, you, can, you thing, can choose right? two or three. You, you, know, can you choose have two. to, because, because you can't just do one thing. Right. The answer is you just can't do one thing. Okay, you have so what would be the most important things? For the most important thing, I think um, I think 
the, the having the experiences within the healthcare space that what we just mm -hmm. talked about. That mm -hmm. is, you've got to understand the healthcare space and be able to say, yeah, I've seen it and I know that it's the right thing for me to, to do. I think that's true. I think you have to show people that you care. I think you have to want to be around people. That's the other thing. I think you have to show that too. This sense that you care about people and you want to help them. That is particularly important. And there are different ways to show that. Um, and, and I guess I would do that now. You know, it's such a different world now than it was when I was going to medical school many moons ago. We won't, we won't talk about that, but, um, um, I won't talk about it if you want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, you know, my, I, I wasn't allowed to shadow when I was applying to medical school. I mean, it, 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 I didn't have anybody in medicine in my family. And so that wasn't, so I, I went to the hospital, I worked in the hospital in the dietary department and I put food on trays and there would be times when we would get to pass the trays to patients. And I, that was, I loved doing that. I loved taking this tray of food into a patient's room where I got to interact with that patient. And I think probably help them sometimes in some ways by just my conversations with them. Um, that, that was something that I think was very important to, to, to going. And I look for that. I look for that in, in, in my applicants, that there's this sense of this desire, true desire to help others. Yeah, you got to be smart. Yeah, you got to be pretty good at science. That's just part of it, right? Um, but you also, that, that sense and desire to help others. And how do you show that? Sounds good. Great. What would you have liked me to ask you? You did a really good job. <laughs> I don't have any. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I don't think there's anything that you didn't cover that I think that, um, you, know, you know, it's it's not just about science, right? Look, that, I think it's come through. Science this is important a wonderful too. interview. Yeah. So. so, all right. Well, thank you, Dean. All right. Dean Ratz. I think we're almost out of time. I want to thank you so much for joining me and sharing your expertise and experience. This has been absolutely delightful. Where can listeners learn more about Washington University School of Medicine? mdadmissions.wustle.edu. Okay, great. We're going to include links in the show notes at exhibit.com slash 485 to WashU Medical's website, as well as to other resources that may be helpful to listeners. Quick reminder, don't miss the Med School Admissions Quiz. Find out if you are really ready to apply and competitive at your target schools. Take the quiz at accepted.com slash medquiz today. This is Admissions Straight Talk produced by Accepted, and I am your host, Linda Abraham. I'll talk to you again next week. <music>